from Locked On Big 12. We say hello to Josh Neighbors. Josh, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? It's always great to talk to you guys. I know you guys are in a celebratory mood. It's time for that Baylor parade, a must-deserve parade. So I hope you gentlemen are enjoying today. Uh, You know, it really is kind of cool. We were talking about it. The buzz kind of has that same feel as it did last Monday when the Bears were getting ready to play Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, this this is a chance that, you know, to get the entire community out uh, and celebrate, right? And this is one of the perks of a championship, and I love always the proximity to it, right? You know, there's kind of that little lull, and then we see it so often with these championship parades, man. I mean, just the, uh, you know, the one championship team I've had my entire life is the Washington Capitals. I was not able to be there, but being able to live it kind of vicariously, whether you can go or not, and seeing people just like you, uh, you know, fans of the team, in the streets, celebrating, seeing the team go by and the floats or whatever mechanism they use. Um, it's just nice to see. I know we're kind of coming out of COVID a little bit, so you still have to be worried about that. But it's just nice to have a celebration and, you know, see your champions uh, get their due. You know, this is this is the celebration. This is them in front of their home crowd and probably the largest crowd they'll see, right, all year long because they didn't get to see very large crowds. Uh, when they played that much. You know, we uh, Scott Drew has made it a point to to not only say this is a championship for Baylor, but it's a championship for Waco, it's a championship for Texas, but don't you think it's even a championship for the Big 12 Conference? Oh, I will treat it like that. Uh, it, gets, it gives me more content, so hell yeah, I'll treat it like that. No, it is, <laughs> it is a championship for the Big 12 Conference. I mean, think about it this year. You know, we t- a big conversation was who is the best conference in America, right? Is the Big 10 or is the Big 12, and both those teams took such a beating during the tournament, to see a Big 12 team come out kind of does validate all year long that, yes, this was a great conference, and validates, yeah. I mean, Baylor ran into a lot of opposition all year in the Big 12, and they took L's in the Big 12 that I do believe ultimately helped them in the tournament. I mean, they you know ended up going on that tournament run and really not facing a ton of strong opposition when it was all said and done. I mean, their margins were pretty comfortable, uh, at the end of the day. So, yeah, this is a championship for the Big 12, and it, it just proves the strength of the conference, and the strongest team in the conference ended up being the strongest team in the country. And one of those guys, I, Freddie Gillespie, got an opportunity to you know make his NBA debut with the Raptors. He goes out, he balls out, he gets the game ball. Do you think that he would have gotten that opportunity if Baylor's basketball wouldn't have been in the spotlight, or is that one of those things where the timing was just coincidental? I think the timing was just coincidental, and I think Freddie is a guy, you know, if you talk to him, I mean, that dude works his tail off, and I think it is like he's one of the perfect Baylor players, right? Think about his his Baylor Bears career. Um, just one of those rough and tumble, tough guys in the post, held held it hold it down for him. Epitomizes so much of what Scott Drew, um, you know, loves, and obviously a guy who's a you know transfer who took the the roundabout way to get to Division One. Um, but yeah, it was great to see him, you know, have that opportunity, and he's just. He's making the most of it, and he talks about it. We actually talked, talked to him a couple weeks ago on SiriusXM, just kind of waiting for that opportunity, and he grabbed it and made the most of it. Uh, it's so great to see a guy like that get a, get an opportunity and a chance. And you mentioned transfer, and we talk about the transfer portal all the time. Kansas guard Bryce Thompson, he's now entering the transfer portal. Man, this was a guy that was a five-star McDonald's All-American. Where do you see him ending up? So what's interesting about Bryce Thompson is that he is – he is an Oklahoma kid. Um, I don't know what the rules specifically are at this point in time for interconference for basketball. Um, and I, I think for him, the big deal is he needs to be healthy. 
Um, he dealt with wrist and back issues this season, if I'm correct. And look, didn't look like a five-star kid. I think a whole lot of that was because he just didn't have time to become himself. Um, I would love to see him back at the conference. I know Bill Self might not want to see that, but I think it would be cool if he would be able to go to a place in Oklahoma or Oklahoma State and ultimately, you know, come back home and play in one of those places. Obviously, uh, the market for him will be uh, diverse. Um, and I think there will be a lot of guys who are going to be coming after him. But hopefully, yeah, I mean, if he reigns the conference, bad for KU, good for us as fans, as he could say. And, you know, earlier today, ESPN, they released their FPI rankings. Man, and how about Oklahoma and Iowa State coming in at number two and number four? Yeah, man, it's, you know, it's uh, four felt like it was, you know, a bit of a surprise. I feel like the, the um, I mean, it's metrics, so it really does actually help, you know, that is a numbers type thing. Look, the deal is this. These two teams are two of the most experienced. They're two of the most upper echelon and experienced teams in the country. That's kind of full stop. You know, that, that's why these teams are as high as they are. And the expectations for these two teams could not be higher coming into this season. And how to deal with that, I am very excited to see. Obviously, both of them last year stumbled, not right out of the well, for Iowa State, it was right out of the gate, but stumbled in some capacity. Let's see how they look at the beginning of the season. I'm really interested because they might have had that learning experience, but also the weight of expectation, guys, we know it, it can crush it can crush some people. So I'm excited to see both these teams. And uh, I, I think for a lot of us, you know, it's April now. September and late August cannot come soon enough because these two teams deserve a lot of the preseason hype they're getting. I, I know we're, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. We, we mentioned <laughs> Iowa State, but is there anybody else that you you feel good about contending and fighting Oklahoma for that, uh, wrestling that championship away? Iowa State's the only one. You know, you want to say Texas. Actually, I love to see Sarkeesian hire. Um, that's going to be a little bit – it's going to need some time. You know, you just need some time to get the right players in there. And, you know, the, the selling point for Sark is going to be – Look what I have done with a variety of players at Alabama. Look what I was able to do, whether it be offensive linemen, whether it be wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, running backs. That's the pitch, and he can make that pitch. And I, I think this year, you know, with B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson in the backfield, he's able to make that pitch. Maybe not wide receiver as much. He's got a chance to make that pitch. But I do think as time goes along, you know, he'll be able to get kids to come to Texas and compete. But right now, I don't know how anybody is going to fight off Iowa State or Oklahoma. Those two are going to tussle at the top, in my opinion. Do you think that, in the grand scheme of things, this upcoming season is going to be the best opportunity for the Big 12 to have a team play for a national championship since we've adopted the CFP? Yes, it is going to be by far the best chance. I know people, and I believe FPI, what, it's got got Alabama at number one at the same time? yeah. They got abs- I mean, They got drained. I know that. Look, I know they reload and they had one of the best classes in history. Um, it is my opinion that sometimes it takes a little bit of time for that to get rolling. And so I, I you know maybe by the end of the season they'll be a complete juggernaut. Who knows? But this this Oklahoma team on offense and on defense. I mean, look, Oklahoma by my by my personal opinion was one of the best four teams in the country at the end of the year last year. They had a rolling on all fronts a team that nobody wanted to play, and they're going to try to carry that form into this season. And if they do, I mean, they're going to be one of the best four teams in the country. There's no doubt. Maybe last year, maybe not good enough, but this year when there's a lot of question marks and a bunch of different schools or, you know, a lot of different positions, yeah. I mean, look at this, guys, the top three teams, you know, three, you know, three of the teams that we loved last year, Alabama, 
Clemson, and Ohio State all lost their quarterbacks in the NFL draft, and not just their quarterbacks, a lot of other pieces too. So Oklahoma's a team that had the best role last year, had everything going for them last year, and I think they're in a great position uh, to be that team. And Iowa State, I mean, if somebody's not upset the apple card, it could be them because, geez, what is it, 20 guys mm-hmm. returning on this yeah. team who were starters last year? Plenty of opportunities for the Big 12 this season. Man, the last thing I got for you, so earlier today the NFL released their statement uh, regarding that Tier 1, Tier 2 employees must receive the COVID vaccination or lose their status. And I know the SEC is already in works of putting together Zoom calls and reaching out to parents of players regarding the vaccine. How long do you think it's going to be before the Big 12 follows suit? I, I think this is one of those instances where, where they want to sit tight. Here's the, here's the interesting, guys. So I, I also did a Locked On Nationals podcast. The Nationals season was derailed because and from the get-go because of COVID. They're two and five right now because a lot of their, you know, they missed 10 guys off their opening day roster. They still don't have all of them back yet. And they're going to play their eighth game this evening tonight. They had one series canceled. They had to play a doubleheader. Uh, and they had to play a bunch of difficult games. If I'm a school, if I am a, a conference, what I don't want to happen is that. And that's why I would encourage getting vaccinated. Look, everybody's, everybody's situation might be different medically speaking, but, you know, you would hate for a situation like that to derail one of your team's seasons um, when you could do something to stop it, if that makes sense, right? If you mm-hmm. could have a chance to help your team, your community, your parents. You know, one thing is I hope these kids can see their parents during the season. Basketball players didn't get to do it. And so that's one big thing, too, is I think just for the mental health of players, physical health as well, the teams and everything, it just makes sense. So trying to do some kind of push as a conference or as a school, in my opinion, makes a lot of sense. That's just me. I know people have different feelings about it. But that, that's just my personal take on it. Hey, man, I appreciate you jumping on with us and look forward to catching up with you down the road. Always, fellas. Enjoy your day.